0: Alrighty, y'all. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in, welcome in. Welcome in to Rick and Britain's Fantastic Ocean Boxing Show! I am Rick Strom. That is Britton Harden. Hello, Mr. Britton.
1: What's going on, brother? How you doing? Another good weekend of boxing.
0: Another great weekend of boxing. Have We've had a few good weekends of boxing. There haven't been, I- like, bad ones. They've all been pretty quality.
1: They've all been pretty quality. I think that this is probably the This is probably the lower tier of <laughs> of the boxing weekends that we've had. We'll obviously get into it, yeah, but I think that we're in a I'm just gonna go out there and say it, man. I think we're in a boxing golden era. How so? These young guys aren't afraid to fight. um they're unifying titles. they're they want to go for undisputed uh guys who are who have uh you know zero losses are fighting one another because Mm -hmm. they want to see who's the true best they're not attached to their oh um they understand that if they lose in a fight with somebody who was just better than them and you know they call themselves top five in the world then that's actually a win because it's a win for the audience um, you know, so it's like you gotta you gotta take your hat off to these young guys. You know, they they don't want to be. It's like they understand the politics of the sport, and they don't want to be held back by that.
0: Well, I think a few things. First is, I thought about this today, where let's be honest. Before Cambosis Haney signed the dotted line, we all thought that this was somewhat of a risk for Devin. um Yeah. We thought, you and I both thought, at least, I can't speak for every boxing fan, you and I both thought that he would win. We didn't think that he would nearly pitch a shutout. But no. I actually had this thought today when we were going over scheduling and when we were going to shoot, which is Devin not only knew that he could beat George Cambosis in Cambosis's own backyard and silence his own fans, but also that he wants to fight the other top-tier guys at 135. So hearing you say that it's the golden age and guys aren't attached to their zero, I do agree. But I also think that a lot of these guys are going out on their own. And that is part of the powerful aspect of all of this in this business, is yeah. Bud is a free agent. Canelo is a free agent. Devin Haney is is doing his own thing with his own promotional company. We haven't really heard yet. We do believe that Gervonta Tank Davis is gonna stay with TMT, but we don't have him uh, having the for sure notion of him also signing a contract. So I agree with you, but it also is allotted when these guys will do their own thing, realize their worth, realize that maybe they don't have to team up with XY, XYZ kind of guy who has their own promotional company and instead do it on their own and another big thing is having these rematch clauses in place even if they were to slip up saying yeah you got me that one time but now i'm gonna get you the next time and then we'll settle it at least in their own minds uh with a trilogy
1: yeah I- everything you said man like i i agree with right like i believe Devin does have a deal he has a cold a co promotional deal with DeBella and Top Rank, but he was able to leverage um, the star power that he had at the zone into Eddie not confining him to being signed to Matchroom, right? Mm-hmm. Which he originally was. And this allowed him the space and opportunity to go and do the co promotional deal with DeBella and Top Rank, that is only what a, a three or four fight deal. So as opposed to a three or four year deal. He has a lot more leverage and leeway. And look, when 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 someone's offering you multi millions of dollars for you know just a few fights out of your career, and let's face it, there are no bad options for him with top under this top ranking developed uh, deal. Right, that's how you want to be a smart businessman, right? He has the option to stay at thirty five. He obviously has the the, the, the fight against uh, George Kambosos in the rematch. After that, if if Loma is, is back from the war, uh, let's pray to God that everything happens well for him. That could be a potential fight that he's wanted for years. He's down mm-hmm. to do that. And let's not act like the threat of Shakur Stevenson not unifying at 30 and then coming up to 35. Devin Haney said he's open to that. Shakur wants all the smoke, so you know yeah. he's open to it. And... I heard Devin this past weekend talking on on the live show at Top Rank saying, hey, I'm not opposed to going up to 140 pounds and fighting Ciafimo Lopez finally, or even um, Josh Taylor. So, you know, I just love the attitude. I love that he's calling out other fighters at at his weight class, at lower weight classes, at the weight class above him. He's letting it be known I'm not ducking any smoke from anybody.
0: I just want to clarify, when you said the golden age of boxing, did you – specifically mean guys not being afraid to fight other guys and not letting the politics of the sport get in the way or did you mean from a pure hall of fame uh uh, purifying uh nature of the sport where the talent is just insurmountable in comparison to other golden generations
1: well specifically what i said was we're in a golden era of boxing and what i mean by that is but yeah, basically the two things that you said. You know, we we have in the same weight class, we have Devin Haney, Shakur Stevenson, and Javante Tank Davis, all at one hundred and thirty five pounds. All of these guys are phenoms yeah. in my in my estimation, otherworldly talented, power out of this world. You know, for for Tank, you know, especially you know for his size, pound for pound, Devin uh master with the jab and distance. Shakur Stevenson might be the most complete fighter active boxer today. I agree. And you know, only time will tell over the next 10 years, but it might be that. And in the same weight class, we have one of the biggest stars that we've seen since probably, you know, a Floyd or a Pacquiao or or a, a Oscar De La Hoya and that's Ryan Garcia. You know, like only time will tell if his if his uh, skill set is on the level of these other three guys. But his star power is tremendous. And you need stars in the sport of boxing.
0: Absolutely. Knows how to market himself. But also knows how to talk shit on Twitter. So during yeah. the haney Cambosis fight. You and I were talking about this a lot. And we were texting back and forth. I personally believed it was a master class. I think I speak for the both of us. When we say that Devin Haney's game plan of... Keeping it rather simple in the mantra and living up to it of uh, hitting and not getting hit, avoiding contact, staying out of range, using your feet, uh, landing a jab and getting out, frustrating George Cambosis. Ryan mm-hmm. Garcia tweeted over and over that it was boring, that he was bored. Oh blah mm-hmm. blah blah bored, you're 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 putting me to sleep, blah blah blah. I could not <clears throat> Excuse me. I could not disagree more. I didn't think any of this was boring. There was not a moment in the fight where I was like, you know what I'd rather do right now? Sleep. Yeah. I, I, I never had that inkling whatsoever. So is this Ryan marketing himself one more time? Or could this go for a lot of casual boxing fans who wanted to see if they're tuning in for the first time? Or maybe, let's say... You could count how many times on one hand that they tuned into a boxing match, that they wanted to see some fireworks and instead they got a tactical, smooth, savvy technician in Devin
1: Haney. Yeah. Listen, man, I think I think um the old the old saying goes, um, boxing is like jazz. The better it is, uh or what how's it goes? I think it's the better it is, the less people appreciate it.
0: I think that's what it is
1: that's what it is um and sadly that's the truth you and I were on pins and needles the entire time um we're commenting to one another what we see what we don't see the other person doing what they could be doing better how beautiful that jab was by Devin Haney I also had another uh group thread full of casuals and they were bored they were bored out of their mind. They wanted to see Rock'em Sock'em Robots, especially since Tank Davis had fought the weekend before. Right, right. And you know, listen, I think that they're just two different worlds, right? And you have three, you know, you, you so there are two different worlds. You have the purist, you have the casual, and then you have that one fighter who can merge both worlds, right? And Devin might not have that in terms of boxing ability, but he's every much so. He's very much so the fighter that you can get behind and you can support regardless if you understand what's going on or not it's very clear in his fights when he's winning
0: well here, here's my question how do you then market yourself or how do you grab those people who would want to see the russell crow gladiator blood sport sort of painting the picture of goriness or of a guy getting put to sleep and going to the hospital how does devin haney do that then
1: I don't think Devin Haney needs to do anything different. I'm not pleased. Oh, I
0: I agree. No, 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 no. no. We we are in complete agreement. But you said the merging of those worlds. He didn't reach them against Cambosis, which I thought was a fantastic fight. And it was, again, nearly a shutout of a fight. How do you grab those people then?
1: I don't know if like they might just they might not be you know Devin might not be their cup of tea and that's fine Devin's still gonna make millions and millions of dollars he made millions for this fight he's gonna make millions in the rematch he's gonna make millions he fights uh, uh, either Tiafimo, Shakur or um, or uh, Lomachenko next I think that he's fine I'm not saying that he needs to do anything different I think his his performance was brilliant I think that what casual people want to see is all of a sudden brutal knockout the way Tank Davis was able to deliver. And that is what's going to sell to the casual fan, sadly, but it is what it is.
0: Right, so true. All right, so Ryan Garcia, uh, talking shit about Devin Haney on Twitter. What are your thoughts?
1: Ryan Garcia is a 50-cent level troll. (laughs) He, He knows what he's doing. He knows how to tap into... You know, he knows how to tap into the the nature of people to just clamor on Instagram and Twitter and, you know, have negative things to say. I really think that Ryan Garcia needs to log off of social media. I think he needs to lock in the gym. Uh, He's got a tough fight ahead of him in in, uh, Javier Fortuna. And listen, that's that's somebody who he he should. He should win. Yep. He should win. He's he's younger. He's bigger. He's stronger. Uh, He's got you know, he's got more tools at this point in their career. He should handle him handily. But afterwards, I want to see if he really wants to fight Tank Davis. I want to know if he really does, you know, is interested in fighting, you know, the Devin Haney's of the world or, you know, the Shakur's if he steps up. We don't know that to be true yet. Right. What we do know about Ryan, like I said, is he's extremely marketable. You know that he has skill. You know that he has talent. He ran into his issues, which are fine. um, But now that he's back on the horse, you know, we're starting to see a little bit of a pattern with Ryan. Right, Tank pointed it out first, very, very early on, when he and Devin, Ryan and Devin were, were going back and forth on the zone, and he was Devin's mandatory. Tank posted on Twitter, "Why would you ever show up to De- one of Ryan's fights? Why would you ever entertain entertain the idea of fighting? He's just going to use your name to fight lower level guys, mm. and he's never going to fight you. And what's funny is, Devin tweeted the same thing." At Tank, most recently, he said this guy uses other fighters, bigger fighters' names to pump up his current fight against a lower-level guy, and he has no intentions on fighting the person who he's actually chirping at. And so after this fight with Javier Fortuna, I'm just really interested to see if Ryan Garcia has any interest in fighting these top-level guys.
0: All right, so let me play devil's advocate here. It sounds like he's actually winning. Even when he's not winning, it sounds like he's winning. yeah. Because what he's doing is, as you said, utilizing the bigger name, even though I would say right now, let's just say popularity-wise, people are talking about Ryan, even if they think he doesn't have the goods, to beat any of the top guys at 135. We're discussing Mm -hmm. him right now. So my point is, he's actually winning. Even if he doesn't take one of those fights of the best at 135, after he defeats Fortuna, which I predict he will. I am—I do agree with you that I am curious to see what he does afterwards. But it sounds like to me, he is actually benefiting himself by marketing himself on TikTok, showing off his hand speed. Let, Let's be very honest here. It is blisteringly fast. Mm-hmm. It's not like he's a bad fighter. It's not like he's a slouch when it comes to speed. He's definitely up there. He might have some of the quickest hands in the division. It doesn't mean that he's a very good fighter, but it means his speed is off the charts. Yeah, I, I would say that his strategy has worked. I would say that everything he has done up until this point has hit. Because even when he takes on lower-level guys, we're watching. Yeah, We're talking about it. Mm-hmm. So I, I understand where you're coming from, but I would also say it's a recipe for success and being successful overall in life.
1: Yeah. 100% it's chess not checkers and he's playing chess with these guys Devin Haney, Tank Davis, you know mm. he knows what he's doing and that's why I said he's a 50 cent level troll 50 cent you know came onto the the rap game uh you know trolling everybody from jay-z to Nas to ja rule and everybody you look where he is now right mm-hmm. he's always known how to manipulate media yeah but that then again he hit.
0: ended he ended up way better than some of those guys that he
1: was called 100 so are you, so are you saying
0: I, that he's gonna have that sort of conclusion
1: no i i don't know what ryan's conclusion is gonna be because this isn't rap and this isn't mm-hmm. this isn't media you know this is a game where you know these two guys are gonna you know they're going to get in the ring at some point, or they're not. You know what I'm saying? And and if, if he never fights those guys, I think he loses, right? If he ends up fighting these guys, we don't know what the outcome is because I genuinely do think that he's good enough to compete with them, right? But he has to actually do it. That's my point. Right.
0: Do you think um if he beats Fortuna that he might mm-hmm. take on Tank? Do you think he might take on Devin? Do you think <clears> – <throat> down the line even even though yeah. he's like 34 I believe at this point mm-hmm. down the line maybe in a few years if Loma sticks around does he fight him like what 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 could possibly be next because we're in agreement that he's gonna win it doesn't matter yeah. how he wins it could be first round it could be by the cards we think he's gonna win let's say he does do that okay mm-hmm. could he possibly go up against those guys and if not who would then be that person? that we would still be like all right we're, we're going to give him another fight cuz then in my view it's just buying time yeah it's just going to be like come on come on come on it was sort of like um it, it was sort of like the uh disappointing nature of not having Mayweather Pacquiao until they were in their mid 30s just like come on like let's just do this let's just do this let's just do this we're waiting for this conclusion of This guy talking himself up, going up against the best, and then he doesn't do it. He's 23, though. Tank's 27. They're still so incredibly young. Devin Haney's like 23. They're so incredibly young that they could meet. I guess the question is, what is the right age for them to meet? Are they waiting for Tank to look bad in a fight (laughs) and maybe lose a step? Like, what is the strategy here?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, listen, I don't. There's no logical reason for why Ryan Garcia wants to fight Tank Davis, right? I, I see what, what some commentators, I see what Chris Mannix, Chris Mannix has uh, Ryan Garcia winning that fight. I see what he's saying. Wait wait, 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 wait,
0: Mannix said he believes Ryan beats Tank Davis?
1: Yeah. When? Yeah. Uh, he said this on a recent podcast not too long ago. I can dig it up. I'll find it. You don't it. have to. But He he's, yeah. he
0: said he, Ryan beats Tank?
1: Yeah he believes that Ryan Garcia has the physical attributes to give uh to give Tank Davis a lot of trouble. Come he on. says that he knows that uh you know Ryan is a specialist when it comes to fighting shorter fighters. The shorter fighters have to come to Ryan, uh which is true. And um you know Ryan will have something inevitably waiting on the on the, the shorter Tank Davis, right? Is, which he's talking about that big check hook can we, where can he we knocks a lot of guys out. Can we be
0: out. honest? Can we be
1: honest? Come on. Come on. Yeah.
0: Come on. Ryan beats Tank
1: this is what this is what your boy feels in what world your boy chris manix thinks this
0: in what world <laughs> does ryan beat tank man
1: yeah like in, do, in, do, in, do, in like, this world
0: like, like how this is your this is your friend how? this is your friend chris manix we've never had a discussion how
1: <laughs> how does ryan beat how i told you i told you what he said i told you what he thinks it, Ryan Garcia has the length listen Ryan Garcia has the length given he has the height given and tank has to come in to get to him to land any of the shots that he mm-hmm. wants to land and, 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 and when who, does and who's been
0: he, put on their ass by lesser opposition
1: yeah your boy Ryan Garcia I get no, it I'm, I know. Boy.
0: I'm, I'm being neutral I'm just calling it as I see it I'm trying to be as objective as possible here well, I don't well not can, really can, because can, you can, think
1: tank Davis wins that fight
0: yeah that's me being objective that's my okay. objective, honest, authentic opinion
1: yeah. of
0: watching this sport for a long time. Yeah, I think if I think if Tank lands one big shot on Ryan, he goes down, or he gets yeah. hurt, and then he might have to be saved. Yeah. Now, does Ryan? Th- this is the epitome of the puncher versus puncher's chance, in my opinion, because Tank packs a, he packs a freaking four wheel. Well, listen. Listen, and listen, and, listen, and, Ryan, listen, and listen. Ryan is the Ferrari.
1: No, you're right. I, I I get the comparison. But Ryan does have the phys- physical attributes to make it a difficult night for Tank for however long he can withstand that. And I don't think that it's sustainable. If you're asking me, I think Tank Davis knocks his head off. I do too. Right? But before Tank gets to him, he does have a lot of real estate to cover to, to, to threaten, uh, 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 Ryan Garcia. Ryan is taller. Mm -hmm. Ryan does have the longer reach. He does have a really good jab to keep you at bay. And if you go back and you look at the, a fight where tank Davis fought, Mario Barrios, that fight was close until tank started to poke holes in him, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. He kept tank at a distance tank. Didn't know how hard he could punch tank. Got caught a couple of times coming in tank. Got caught against the ropes. Tank got caught against the ropes a couple of times, and when Tank found his distance, he found his range, which was much later in the fight than most people thought that it would come. Mm-hmm. But when he found it, okay, we saw the tides begin to turn. He went down twice in one round, and then even Mario Mario Barrios even came back after that. So I don't, I'm not gonna dismiss completely what what Mannix is saying, and and, and I'm sure other Ryan Garcia uh, supporters. But I just think that once Tank gets his hands on him, Mm -hmm. I think that the fight will end shortly after that.
0: We've also seen that in bigger fights in Tank's career, he is somewhat of a, let's feel out this guy. I'm going to figure him out uh, maybe through the midway point. Yeah. Unless it's some of the ridiculous first-round knockouts that we saw earlier on. And we saw it against Rowley, too where Roley was the bigger guy. Now, I, I said on a previous show that I would love to see Ryan against Roley. Yeah, I think that would be the next step for Ryan instead of jumping from uh, Fortuna all the way up to Tank Davis. I, I think that is a that, that is a recipe for undercooked chicken where you get salmonella and shit your brains out for the next two weeks. It's just a big stretch, man. It's way yeah. too big of a stretch. I don't like it. I want to see him go from the Fortuna, which is like a C plus B minus, to then Roly being a B, B plus, and then going into the A category. That would be that. If I were managing him at least, that would be my way of going out there and saying, let me just throw him in against. A little bit better of opposition and see what he has now. To go, I back got the better fight for you in okay, an go easier
1: ahead. fight. I got a better fight for you in an easier fight to make for Golden Boy. Okay, forget putting him in the ring with Rollie, who doesn't have any of the physical attributes of a Tank Davis. Mm. Why not make the JoJo Diaz fight? It's a shorter fighter. He's aggressive. Right. He's a southpaw. That's the person who Ryan Garcia should should fight. Mm-hmm. The, what what it tells me, what it tells me on Golden Boy and ryan garcia's behalf is that this is a cash out because if they were really trying to get uh get ryan as prepared as possible and they were really trying to make sure they were invested in the blueprint of what the tank mm-hmm. davis fight could possibly look like big fight mm-hmm. atmosphere against that type of person that's the easiest fight they're both signed the golden boy that fight should be happening for them to go straight to tank davis if they do it means hey this 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 might be a you know more of a of a sixty forty than a fifty fifty, mm-hmm. and let's make sure we get our money's worth and, and we don't knock any any uh, any uh, shine off of our boy.
0: Again, the one thing though is he's still so incredibly young that yeah. I do think they can wait. And we're talking about this now for those listening because we want to see it. Because at yeah. this point, it's like time is money. <laughs> We want these fights to happen as quick as possible because we want to be appeased and we want to see the best going up against the best. Yeah. From a business perspective, I agree. Run out the clock. Let Tank take on another two or three guys. Wait another two or three years. Keep everybody pretty much on a string, if you think about it. Yeah. And then when Tank is 30 and he's taking more and more punches, potentially the tide could turn. But as of right now, where they both sit, I think this fight probably ends inside a seven if we get there. I yeah. think I think Tank beats him, and I think he beats him bad, real bad. And you know what? You know what's one thing that we won't say about it—that it was boring.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's tweeting that Tank. Please don't let our fight look like this. I'm <laughs> like, this kid is bold. <laughs> Again, hey, listen, listen. For yeah. all of that, man, like, I respect any fighter who has the you know has the gumption to step who goes in. The in. Lane, so for sure, who. So, so big respect to Ryan Garcia, everything that he's built. He's obviously a master marketer of himself and his skills. Um, and and listen, he's also proven that he's bigger than the belts, right? Mm-hmm. He was the WBC mandatory. And he said, man, like, I don't, I don't care about that stuff, man. So this kid obviously has, you know, a good business mind on his head, a good marketing mind on his head. Um, whether he intends to actually fight Tank next you know, he he's definitely doing himself a good uh, service by saying that he's willing to hundred percent.
0: Let's go back to Devin and George for a second. What'd you make of George's
1: performance? Man, obviously very disappointed. You know, um, the George that we saw show up on fight night against uh, Tiafimo Lopez was much more explosive, mad, was able to counter a lot better, um, you know, have much better head movement in my estimation. And the counter punching was there, which made Tiafimo, you know, as big a power puncher as he is a little bit, you know, and I don't, I won't, I'm not going to say timid, but he thought about some of the punches that he let go. Right. And he knew that he had to mind his defense because he got put down in round one. Yep. Um, that same cambosis probably didn't show up in my estimation till around round eight. And look, we've seen this happen before where you just you sometimes you can get mesmerized by a fighter's movement, mm-hmm. by their jab, by the, 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 uh, the lack of opportunities to hit them or counter them, right? I remember Floyd Mayweather would say this, like, I really mentally get to guys after a fight when they realize, man, like, this is different. Like, I thought I was strong until I got in the ring with Floyd. I thought I was fast. I thought I was this until yep. I got in the ring with Floyd. And humble. I think that I th- you get humble, right? You think that you're an A-level guy until you mm-hmm. get in the ring with, a, with an A-level guy. And so I think that that's what George experienced uh, in the ring with Devin Haney. I think so, too.
0: The Tio fight, I keep looking back on it, and I've watched it probably two or three times now. There is something about the inactivity with Tio that doesn't take away the win. I will never do that to anybody. It just softens it a little bit. Because Mm. you go up against Tio, you expect... Let's be honest, fireworks. Yeah. You expect Tio to go bombs away, which he did in the first few mm-hmm. rounds because he predicted a first-round knockout in that fight. Yeah. George sees a home run hitter, and then he goes up against a guy like Devin Haney, who is a singles-doubles hitter. And he goes up against a guy who gets on base and then will steal second and third. Yeah. He's not going for home runs. He didn't have to go for home runs. He the argument can be made and the scores the scores were 118-110 then 2 were one sixteen, one twelve. 112 weird we, <laughs> 116 112 okay whatever it wasn't one twelve. you could say yeah. that George maybe won two rounds maybe Max, if, you, if you're being Max. if you're being super kind you could give him three but that's being very very kind how i saw it was You had a different level of a fighter who is arguably up there with the Shakurs when it comes to, as you said previously, completeness. He's still incredibly young, just like Shakur. We're going to see a lot over these next, let's say, three to four years of what their career trajectory is going to be. But what Devin (sighs) did was superior boxing. There was no point in exchanging, there was no point in trying to get countered. Stay on the outside, when you have to take a chance, take a small one, don't leave yourself open, jab the fuck out of him, keep moving. And that was the other big thing, because as we've seen in boxing, a lot of guys tire when it gets to 10, 11, 12 mainly the championship rounds, when they have to continue getting on their horse over and over again to get out of range. You knew George was going to be desperate because we were texting each other, he needs a knockout to win. By the 10th yeah. round, 9th round, we're like, he needs a knockout. He's got to go for it. He's got to go for it. Devin even admitted in a later interview that he took the 12th round off because he knew that he had it in the bag. Risky. You could ask Oscar De La Hoya about that. However, Shh. However, what Devin did was... Supreme. What he did was show that when he has to exchange in previous fights, he will, and then he will completely change the game plan and be a masterful boxer when he has to, specifically when he goes in someone else's backyard and gets the win.
1: Yeah. And so so listen, you said a couple of things I want to comment on. And I I know I know what you meant, but ask to clarify for the audience. Please. Um George Cambosis has to get the respect for winning the title in the fashion that he did against Tiafimo Lopez because he took the risk. He was a road warrior. He went into Tiafimo's literal, well, not literal, but he went into his backyard, right? He's fighting in Madison Square Garden. Tiafimo Lopez is a New York resident. Everything was stacked against Tiafimo Lopez. I mean, uh, everything was stacked against George Cambosis in in that regard. Mm -hmm. He has supreme confidence he knew that, you know, Tiafimo wasn't focused and he took advantage of it. And And that is what you're supposed to do. It's a fight. It's no hold bar. This is a fight. If you're, you know, you got personal issues and you're at, you know, you're at it at home and you're not focused in camp, hey, I'm taking advantage of it. And I'm going to let you know that I know you've been messing up, right? Mm-hmm. And what Tiafimo Lopez went in there to do, he was so psyched up in this fight. He went in there with the intention of doing one thing and that was sending... Cambosis's his head into the third row in the right. first round right. and he that's how he fought, as if that was a possibility and guess what in round 10 it looked like a very real possibility when he knocked him down that's right he just george Cambosos would not allow himself to win so he deserves all the credit credit in the world i know you're not discrediting him so no not no. at all i also yeah. give him credit yeah.
0: for fighting Devin. because we right. know how good Devin was we, exactly. we knew that he was fantastic even before he went to Australia to take on George. And here's here's the funny thing about all of this, is all of this occurred because Vasily Lomachenko is fighting for his country. Yeah, yeah. Like, like do, do I think Loma wins because of what we just saw? Yes, but could it have been different? Yeah, of course. Anything could happen on any given day. But what I do think is George showed how good he is but when he has to go up against guys that don't go for the home run and will wear you down for 12 rounds mm-hmm. he may not be at that level
1: yeah is what i'm trying for to sure say. yeah 100 percent. and so listen man i don't feel like we need that fight again but we're absolutely gonna get well, it i was just gonna ask um you. you know i i definitely think we're gonna get that fight again well he has um, to right well if george Cambosis, you know enacts his, his claws which I don't see him not doing, right? right like he's, exactly. he's, he's he's an older, not old old by he's any like means, he's I older. Think. Yeah. So he's going to want to cash out. Um he's used to now after two fights making, you know, making a pretty penny. Probably hasn't made any real money in his career significantly until, you know, he fought Teofimo Lopez. I can't see him not at least for the cash value enacting that that clause yep. fighting Devin Haney even if it's a loss. Um you know, and trying to figure out what he can do because uh, as long as Devin is in the weight class and Shakur is stepping in shortly after, I don't see him sniffing those belts again.
0: I mean, the funny thing is it seems like the consensus among those who follow the sport religiously is we don't want to see it again, mm-hmm. but we will be forced to see it again. And yeah. from George's legacy perspective, I understand why he would want to do it again.
1: I can, well, what could change? I Let me ask you, what, what, what do you think could change? What could George do differently? What could Devin do differently?
0: I would say Devin would stay on the straight <clears throat> and narrow mm-hmm. and just continue what he's doing, continue moving on the outside, get out of range. Yeah. He already showed how flawed George is. If I were George, yeah. I would pressure more. Um, I wouldn't say come in with your head down because we've seen how Devin can adjust. But I would just try to fight in a phone booth. I would try to not yep. let Devin uh, have his way with me. I would try to back Devin into the corner. I would try to back him into the ropes. I would try to muck it up. I would try to make him super uncomfortable because when he is comfortable, we saw how he could finish another 118-110 scorecard. That's what I would do. Yeah. What would you do?
1: Uh, for Devin... For George. Um, the, for George, George needs more jabs. He had he had pretty good head movement. Actually, Devin comment complimented him on his head movement. He said, You have better head movement than I anticipated. Um, but I think that he needed way more jabs. He needed to jab himself into position to let go of combination punches. His whole game plan was to knock Devin Haney out. And you can tell because he was trying to take away the jab by landing an overhand right mm-hmm. over the jab. But Devin, that jab was coming at different speeds. He was letting it go from the hip. He was letting it go when he was backing up. He was throwing a shotgun jab, which is when you step aggressively uh, forward, and that snaps your head back. You have to reset. He could never get the timing of the jab. So, one, I think that George Cambosis can take a, a note out of Devin's book, throw more jabs, learn how to throw from different positions. When you get into position, you cannot be afraid to let your hands go. You know what I mean? He has to let his hands go. Mm -hmm. The other thing I noticed is Devin was ducking after he landed the jab almost every single time and ducking in the same direction. Well, you might not be able to land that right hook because he's ducking over it, but what's available if he's ducking his head to his right every single time? A left hook for you. So he could jab more, he could throw that left hook after Devin lets his jab go, and he can jab more himself. For Devin, I think that, listen, like Devin doesn't need to do anything different. Devin boxed an absolute clinic. That was a masterclass of boxing. Mm -hmm. You might not appreciate it for the, for the casual fan, but that is like, if I had a son, that's what I would want his boxing, uh, his fight to look like. And all these casuals who are, you know, trying to bash Devin and say that the fight was boring. If they had sons or daughters, that's exactly how they would want them to box.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, If Devin wanted to get more aggressive towards the later rounds, I think that what he could do is some combination of what he already did, but vary the jab by throwing more jabs to the body, which would then open up more overhand rights for him, mm. right? He landed that jab exclusively to the head all night. But if he threw that jab to the body a few more times, now George really doesn't know where it's, when it's coming, to the, coming up top or coming down bottom. And if he ha- gets into a pattern of dropping his hands, Devin is smart enough to read that, he'll land that overhand right, which I think might be able to set him up by combination of knocking the wind and taking the legs from George Mm -hmm. early, I think that the overhand right might send him on his way and and, uh, it could be an earlier night for Devin than it was in the first fight.
0: The funny thing is, Devin told ESPN, I'm not ducking or dodging nobody. If it makes sense, if the network wants it, I'll do it again. But it has to make sense after saying that it seems like it's tough for him to make 135. Mm -hmm. So... Can I cut, can I cut
1: through the shit? Can I t- cut through the shit and tell you what he's saying? Yeah. He got 2 million dollars for this fight. George Cambosa's got 10 million dollars for this fight. Everything was in George Cambosa's favor by by way of them fighting in in George's backyard, um, so on and so forth. Devin is obviously going to want top billing. He's obviously going to want the lion's share of the money. Mm-hmm. He's going to want to squeeze every penny. Out of uh, the 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 Australian government, out of top rank, out of whoever's going to pay him, he's going to want to starve George Kambosos, not make him feel like any kind of ex champion, make him feel as slighted as he did coming into this. So remember, Devin Haney is a, was a champion; mm-hmm. he had a belt coming into this fight and got treated like you know, like he was a mandatory. So he's going to want to he's going to reverse those roles, and if it doesn't make sense for him to fight in Australia he's also probably going to ask that the fight be in Oakland or Vegas. Right,
0: and I also saw that he gave a quote that he wanted it to be in Oakland if he were to pick a place. All right, Um, also uh, another big fight, at least another big name that we saw from this past weekend was Jaime Munguia. This is a name that we have heard about what feels like for like five years already. Yeah. (laughs) And if someone who didn't follow the sport were just looking at records and knockout percentage, you would think this guy is top billing. Yeah. You would. Packs a punch, as we know. 40-0, 32 knockouts. He conquered another opponent. Though, let's be honest, it looked like through the first four, not great. Not a fantastic performance. Was getting outboxed. But the one thing he has is power. And, you know, we're talking about youthfulness. He's only 25. Mm -hmm. That's another thing that's going in his favor. Is if he were to face other guys who pack a punch, he could probably take it. Whereas if they were later on, they they can't. So him being 25, him being younger, and him having a literal puncher's chance. He won via fifth round knockout. Golden boy roster okay performance like i'm I'm trying i'm trying to be i have respect as we said this this is full disclosure on this show we give fighters their flowers and off the bat they get respect because they are doing something that let's be real not a lot of people want to do and not a lot of people are going to put the time in to do and this is a sport that really has their sacrificial lambs by the dozens so for him to go in there he won. That's fine. Um, he said afterwards, it was difficult in the beginning. Uh, tough fighter. He could take a punch. He was trying to do his plan of attack, but I had to do my thing and work the body. This mm-hmm. is the a boxing scene. My mentality was that I was losing the first three rounds. So there you go. I, had to, I So I had to follow my plan of slowing him down by attacking the body. I figured out that I had to work through the middle and throw punches like the uppercut, which he landed twice. I think it was the punch that I knocked him down with, which you did. Jaime Munguia, are you sold?
1: No, I'm not sold on Jaime Munguia, but listen, I- I'll tell you this. I'm not sold on him because we haven't seen him fight anyone of note, right? I can't, you know, I know what they're trying to do with him. Of course. he he And, and he is extremely marketable because he inherited a a fan base. And then he fights in a fashion that, his fan base can really stand behind and appreciate um, without having to fight name fighters. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like what I will say is what I enjoy about him, what I enjoy about him is he's shown that he's ready for the next level. Um, Being behind, you said he, he didn't do what looked good the first four rounds. He didn't look good until he until knocked that guy fact. down. <laughs> yeah, he so yeah. for him to be down significantly on the cards and still have the the you know the gumption and the awareness um, of what he needs to do to overcome and win shows me champion mentality. For him to fight, you know, a uh, a aging, you know, a aging tough guy of the sport and Gabe Rosado and know, you know, the level of intensity, the punches that are hurting and how to, you know, punish this guy that shows me champion mentality, right? I think that he's ready. He's had enough tests to support that he's ready to step into the lions. den, you know, with the, with the name fighters of uh, 160, 168 pounds. I agree.
0: The question is, who is that person? He said afterwards I think this fight helped me out a lot. I'm ready to go back to 160 to fight for a world title or move to 168. I'm ready for any challenge. Yeah. I want to say what Oscar said for Jamal Charlo to grow Mm. some balls and stop hiding behind Al Hayman. I think it would be great for boxing. We hope that by the end of the year, we can get a big fight. Let's, as we've done, go over the politics of this situation as well. One guy is signed to DAZN, the other one is signed to Showtime. One is signed to Golden Boy, the other is signed to BBC. Dead on arrival?
1: (sighs) From what I hear, man. Yes. Oh,
0: (laughs) you sneezed on it, it must be true now. Oh, and another. In Yiddish, we would call that Nachamol. Say it again. Nachamo.
1: Okay, I'm not I'm not even gonna try and repeat that. You don't have to. But... All right,
0: so yeah, hit me.
1: <laughs> From what I hear, both of those gentlemen did want to fight one another. The the uh the, the the networks got involved, and that is what kind of made the opportunity for that dissipate. I'm encouraged by the fact that these two guys actually wanted to fight each other and they were working towards terms and who's going to get paid, what and all of that stuff that is very encouraging. What I would love to see happen is for Showtime and DAZN figure out the inner workings of their mutual business uh, models and understand how they can give us two or three fights together. Because as I, as I look at the landscape, we got Tank and Ryan, we also have Charlo and, and Munguia all fighting with the same networks and we're having the same hurdles to make them. Mm-hmm. And if Oscar is willing and able to make an, an offer to get Tank and Ryan to fight, then he's able to do the same thing for Munguia to fight Charlo. Mm-hmm. So- those two networks have to figure out whatever the business model is, what makes sense, how many subscribers, what buys are going to go to who, who's going to get the secondary market, who's going to get the television rights in Mexico. They got to sit down. They got to figure all of this shit out because these are the fights that we need to see. We need to see this stuff happen next.
0: You know where I thought you were going to go? I thought you were going to say maybe he could move up and then he takes on a Caleb plant or he takes on. Somebody else at 168, which I who is this Munguia Munguia, who I think, uh, as I've said previously, we need to see how Caleb looks. We haven't heard his name. We haven't seen him do a ton of interviews. I am waiting to see how he looks in a boxing ring before I even commit to saying he could take on XYZ guy. Cause Z. the last time he fought was Canelo and he got beat and he got beat up bad. So until I, until I even commit to seeing him against somebody else, I just want to see him go up and have a two-and-up fight. Billy Joe Saunders could be another one if the fight against Charlo isn't made. But I do agree that the only one to make is small. That's all that I'd yeah. like to see for Jaime. I, I feel like he yeah. would knock out almost anybody aside from like a select four or five at this point. So he's, yeah, defi- he's definitely that's a contender. The
1: The thing is, is that select four or five, those are the only fights that it makes sense for him to fight right now. Exactly.
0: Exactly. And those have their hurdles as well. Exactly. One of the weirder things we saw this weekend was Edgar Belonga. So if you don't know who Edgar Belonga is, Edgar Belonga threw his first 16 fights at 16 knockouts. And in all of those combined fights – and those combined rounds, that number was, uh, it was 16. <laughs> it was 16. And then his last four, according to the broadcast, he has gone 38 rounds. Mm-hmm. The enthusiastic nature which with which Network Cell fights has somewhat dissipated, if we're being honest. Mm-hmm. Because that knockout charm is not there. When he was on the come up, it was Edgar Belonga, Mike Tyson, Deontay Wilder. Like, oh, you got to see this guy. He's going to knock out anybody at any point. Like, this is a must-see. Now, eh. Yeah. It's a little meh. So he goes up against Angulo. And he he did have a bit of Mike Tyson in him.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I believe it was round seven, according to my notes, after watching it. I could be wrong, could be six or seven. Um he opened his mouth when him and Angulo were in the clinch and he bit down, but he didn't he didn't take a chunk, let's say. He bit down enough to give a piercing feeling, let's say. Like Angulo went to Claire's. And Angulo had the same reaction, Brit, that Evander Holyfield had. When he got a chunk bitten out of his ear, where the guys go back. Now, obviously, one was way more painful than the other. And one guy is also benefiting by selling now weed gummies Mm -hmm. (laughs) off of it. I don't know if you've seen that. I have. Mike's Bites. Go check them out if you want. I could not believe what I saw. And I I feel like because of how brutal the sport is, it shouldn't be a six-month suspension. I actually think it should be like eight. So you have him serve a little bit of time to hopefully teach him a lesson. Because this could have been really, really bad really really bad and his bullshit ass quote was he and gulo was throwing elbows i was about to do a mike tyson on him he kept throwing his elbows and i didn't want to get cut that's via the broadcast espn top rank broadcast i don't see it and fought a good fight he wasn't winning but he fought a good fight there was no need to even have that thought cross your mind if you're winning i think they need to punish him what say you
1: I think that that showed a complete lack of discipline. It showed frustration and it showed that he was losing the fight. Um, Listen, I you know, a couple of things. I don't I never like the shenanigans to get in the way of the actual performance. Yep. I thought that the ESPN broadcasters were extremely hard on the performance of Edgar Belonga. I thought that, listen, I thought in the third round, I was like, there's no way that this style of fighting for him is sustainable and Gulo's going to apply too much pressure and Gulo's going to knock him out. Uh-huh. I, I, Seriously, I said that several times and I was surprised that it didn't go that way. That being said, I thought Edgar Belonga showed a new wrinkle to his game that he actually can box. Um, You know, he took some punches and we're not used to seeing him get punched, mm-hmm. but he took the punches pretty well, right? Um... I think that there's a lot of missed opportunities in his boxing game. There's a lot of holes in his boxing game. He could jab a lot more, learn to tie up. There's combinations he's missing. A lot of different things, right? And if he were in there with a real apex predator in the weight class, oh he would have gotten destroyed. Yes. Right. No yes. way he's ready for Benavidez. No way he's ready for Canelo. You know, there's there's other guys who outbox him, right? So he just happened to be in the ring with the right person at the right time to be able to show what he was trying to display last night, right? And that's that he has some type of boxing ability. Yes. Coming off of the coming off of consecutive weekends where we saw Devin Haney, boxed masterfully, which we expect from him. And then Tank Davis, the weekend prior to that, outbox Rowley for six rounds. Well, you know, box him, you yeah, know, yeah. rather. I, yeah, for, yeah I, I know,
0: yeah.
1: Outbox him until he knocked him out. I thought that the broadcast was really hard because we just came off of two consecutive weekends of seeing guys box. I just think we're not used to seeing Edgar box. So I just want to put that out there. One, I thought that he boxed pretty well. I thought that there were a lot of missed opportunities. I think he still has holes in his games. He has a lot to learn. Now Allow, to let the me question. interject
0: very quickly. That's also mm-hmm. rare for a broadcast like that to go up against the guy that that promotional company's boxer is the main headline. Yeah. Extremely well, rare even if they're even if they're not showing a performance that the broadcasters went into the entire event. Thinking he would do to be incredibly harsh on that own guy's network with that own guy's promotional company, putting it on is just a rare thing to see in the world of boxing. It is,
1: but here's the thing here's the deal they're paid by ESPN, they're not paid by top rank. And so, you don't think these guys have seen Edgar's last few fights have been extremely disappointed, and they've seen how top rank as a promotion has been promoting him as mm-hmm. this next big thing as the monster. They're seeing through it, especially when you got somebody as educated in boxing as Tim Bradley. He sees through the shit Mm. and he's like, you're telling me that this guy is the next heir apparent to Miguel Cotto. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And So 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 listen, like I want to clear this up, too, because there was there was a lot of I've never seen Miguel Cotto that I've definitely seen Miguel Cotto a few times get in trouble and have to outbox his way out of it. Right. We Mm -hmm. just weren't used to that. Right, we've seen Miguel Cotto burst on the scene, and he was a wrecking ball. They were comparing him to Mike Tyson. He's knocking people out with the left hook to the body, left hook to the head. He's breaking guys down. The way he beat uh, a Zab Judah Puerto Rican Day Parade several years ago this past weekend, this is is, a, is etched in your brain, yeah. right? But then as he got older, he had to start to box more. He couldn't be in those those grueling, those grueling matches the way he was. So we've definitely seen him display some boxing skill and outbox his opponent, but. I think more so the thing that really pissed the broadcast off was the combination of not owning, which it could have done better in the last fight against Rolls, coming into this fight, fighting a style that was lackluster, right? Where a Puerto Mm -hmm. Rican Day parade, they want to see fireworks. They want to see somebody get knocked out. You don't give the fans that. And then you have the audacity, and this goes back to your original question, to bite your opponent, when you're already competing in the most grueling sport that there is, the most brutal, unforgiving sport that there is, you have the audacity to bite your opponent because you're frustrated. Listen, if he throws an elbow at you, man, like I hate to say it, maybe throw an elbow, maybe maybe hit, you know, that wasn't the only dirty thing that he did. He hit Angulo on the hips when the ref wasn't looking. You know, he he did a lot of dirty tactics. And so it just more so revealed the kind of person I mm. think that Edgar Belonga can be when he is, when things aren't going his way. You said he should be suspended for eight months. I say, forget that. I think Edgar Belonga needs to be stripped of his title. I think mm. that the decision needs to be reversed, and I think he should be disqualified. It should be a disqualification loss for him, and I think that he should be disqualified. You have to start making statements in the sport of boxing. When we get catch these guys popping, You know when we catch these guys doing dirty things, like you have to start making examples of these these guys. The only reason why he did that was because he bit the guy right in front of the ref, and yep. nothing happened. the The ref didn't break him. He didn't take a point. He didn't give him a stern warning. He didn't do anything. more so more so enforcing what Angulo said in the back it just pretty much let me know that any infraction that I did was going to be made a big deal, but he could do whatever he wanted that night. And that is the kind of stuff, when I say boxing is a mental sport, that'll make you not compete at your highest level. It was completely unfair.
0: So Angulo, at 38 years old, did compete. He was in the fight. To be 13 years his senior, and for Berlanga to show... A new wrinkle, I agree, but nothing great uh, leads me to believe that uh, if he were to be in against different competition, we probably would not see these outcomes. All right, there's a few more that I want to get to here. Errol Spence against uh, Terrence Bud Crawford. Mm -hmm. Mike Tyson gave his opinion on the fight. Cool. He said the reason why first off, when he was asked who he would pick, he gave one word answers, which was Crawford. And then when he was asked to elaborate, he said the reason why I say Crawford is when you look at the guys they both fought, like Sean Porter, look at what he, Spence, did to Porter, and look at what he Crawford did to Porter. Now, Sean was a little more seasoned, but he has also unfair comparison. He has also never been Knocked down before. I'm sorry, never been knocked out before. He got knocked down against uh, Errol. It was either round 9 or 10 in that fight at Staples Mm -hmm. Center. Mm -hmm. But Mike gave his opinion. That was to uh, ES News. Here's a different wrinkle, though. And this is one that I do not like (laughs) for Errol Spence. If the fight cannot be made at 147 with, um, with Errol and Bud... And Errol does not uh, choose to move up. There's one guy who said he wants to take on Errol at 147. And that is Sebastian Fundura. Mm-hmm. Quote, I can make 147, no problem. If Errol Spence is looking for a real fight with a towering chance, well, towering, that's an understatement, to be dethroned, I'll be there ready to go. Any welterweight world champion can get burned by the towering Inferno just after ask what a freaking quote that's via boxing news 24 your reaction sir
1: no one's calling him out (laughs) that's that's my reaction no one's calling him out (laughs) yeah no one's calling him out that's probably a little bit of frustration for him because uh tim zoo just got the the jamel charlo fight and you know he's probably a little bit frustrated by that but i think he should just stay at 54 you know i I think he should wait his he should wait his turn to get his title shot um, you know, because I think that he has a better chance than uh, Tim Zhu does. So he'll probably be fighting the guy he wants to fight, which is Jamel Charlo. Um, And going down to 47, I think could probably significantly weaken his chin, right? And we saw him get into a little bit of trouble with Erickson Lubin. You don't want to add on to what could possibly go wrong in a fight with somebody as skilled as a Terrence Crawford or uh Errol Spence. Mm-hmm.
0: And... Has your opinion changed at all if Errol and Bud were to fight today?
1: Nah, it hasn't changed, man. And and listen, like this is a I'm talking about a 49 51 percent margin, mm. right? Like I I just like the tools, I like the skill set that Terrence Crawford brings into this. I like the mindset. It's not to suggest that you know in any of those categories that Errol Spence is lacking. I just think that um you know we've seen Errol. Uh, Oh, sorry. We've seen Terrence raise his level of intensity. We've seen him raise his level of, of, I just, you know, viciousness. I want to hurt you nasty, N- just nastiness. Like I, I think that when you get these fights, these 50, 50 kind of fights, I think that it's those little intangible things that make the difference. Right. And yes. um, I, I, I got to like that, you know, about, sure. about Terrence going into this.
0: We wait and see. But we certainly can't wait much longer. Alexander Usyk against Anthony Joshua 2. This is now set for Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. If you do mm-hmm. recall, when Anthony Joshua lost his titles to Andy Ruiz Jr., the rematch was in Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Once again, Anthony Joshua loses. After avenging his last loss, he loses again to Alexander Usyk. They book Saudi Arabia. Athletes are routine yeah. with their approaches. You know, if you look at um, Ichiro Suzuki when he used to step in the batter's box, he had the same way of getting himself set. Rafa Nadal in tennis has the same way of getting himself set. Touches his ear, touches his nose, goes through his hair, touches his back. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of this. Uh, Pulls his shorts near his ass crack. Like, this is what he does. I swear to you, it's a tick of his. But athletes are ones of patterns and routines. I see the same in Anthony Joshua. Mm. Will anything change for you? If they, uh, not if, but when they go to Saudi Arabia?
1: Man, it's so, so difficult to, to call, man. You know, on one hand, I like the level of dedication will rededicating himself I like the fact that he's bringing in you know a different coach but what concerns me is two months out from this fight he's announcing that you know Robert Garcia is his lead coach but didn't we see this like announcement maybe three or four months ago that he had a new coach right so now he's got a new head coach two months out and you know quote from Ryan Gar- uh from Robert Garcia. He's bringing in mental coaches, you know, people to help him think more positively about the outcome of this fight. It goes and it, it kind of hints at, you know, the, the people who theorize that he could be mentally weak. Um, do you agree with that all assessment? The, not mentally weak. I think that he might be a little deluded of uh, his skill set and what he needs to do, right? Um, I think that when you're boxing, you need to be able to make a snap judgment and you need to be able to, to ride that out. Choosing to box with Alexander Usyk, one of the best pound-for-pound pound boxers in the sport, not the right move in the first fight. Mm-hmm. And something is not working for you the first three or four rounds, why are you sticking to this plan, right? Clearly something needs to change. Um, Tyson Fury in the first fight against Deontay Wilder unlocked a new level to his game in the twelfth round, when he hurt Deontay Wilder, he said, Wait a second, I'm the elephant in the room and I've been boxing like the mouse. I hurt this guy in the last 45 seconds. Yep. What would happen if I fought that way from the beginning? Hmm. So when that second fight was made, he went out there and he fought like the elephant in the room yes. and not like the mouse. And and guess what? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Third third fight, beat him up the same way. Right, AJ, your only path to victory against a much smaller guy who needs to be nimble, who needs to be light on his feet, is to walk him down and beat him up. There is no tactic. There is no skill. Obviously, mind your defense. Keep your hands high. Use a good jab. Keep your head off the line. The basics. But road to victory is walking through this man. Right? I don't know. Um, what all the new coaches and the mental coach and the this and the that is going to do to help, but I sincerely, sincerely hope he's bringing a new game plan.
0: I agree. If we're being totally transparent, for the first fight, I did predict Alexander Usyk. I'm still predicting Alexander Usyk because I think he has way more tools. <laughs> and and I don't, I don't really I understand that angle because we're in the need to know business. We are in the, yeah. uh, is he bringing in mental health coaches, mental skill coaches, and the the story you gave of thinking of a different conclusion that is important, but I also think that it shows even when they are some of the biggest in their respective professions that they are trying to get better. Yeah. Uh, I also applaud him for bringing in mental health coaches, mental skills, coaches, For that reason, because he realizes that he has a flaw. So in order to aid yourself, he's going out admitting there's a problem and getting help, which I think is incredibly important. Do I think it makes a difference? No. But in the Ruiz fight, now I've I've said this before, there are two different uh, variables here. The first is he completely changed his game plan to just being a pure boxer. The second was Andy Ruiz admitted he was way out of shape and he came in way too big. So... I'm not taking it away from AJ because he boxed a perfect fight for what he needed to do to avenge that previous loss. This is different. I don't I don't think that he can replicate that sort of success against a guy like Alexander Usyk, mm-hmm. who had... He did get hit a few times here and there, but he shrugged it off. He finished, and he finished well. Yeah. I just don't think that... There are enough tools in the toolbox for AJ. But yeah. as, a, as a fighter of, like many athletes, a pattern, they're going to Saudi Arabia, and we'll see. Meanwhile, yeah. Frank Warren denied that Tyson Fury is in discussions to take on the winner. I personally don't rule it out because then, although the legacy is already cemented, it could be cemented that much more, and then I think he could ride off into the sunset. But at, at, at least right now for me, it's a total 50-50 on if he comes back or not because he's already proven his worth. He fought the biggest puncher in the division, um, one of the best knockout artists we've ever seen, and then a remarkable trilogy where not only did Deontay take damage, but Tyson took damage too. Yeah. He might be 33. It feels like he's more in the USA category of being 35 bordering on 36. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he comes back. Um, but it is really a 50-50 split. I think he's hoping AJ wins because it's a more beatable opponent. But we'll have to wait and see.
1: Yeah. If, if AJ wins, he's coming out of retirement. If AJ loses, it's nothing else to fight for. And it's as simple as that.
0: You don't think he comes back to fight Alexander Usa?
1: Nah. For what? <laughs>
0: You think he loses that fight? Is that what you're saying?
1: No, no, no. I'm not saying that he loses the fight. I think that he would actually have the mindset that I just need to step on this guy. I need to treat him like he's small. And it might be difficult for me to catch him, but the punches that I land, I need to make them make them count. And uh, eventually, I need to put these 300-plus pounds on him, right. make him feel that I'm the bigger man, wear him down, and knock him out. I'm not going to go in there and play you know, a boxing match with... You know easily one of the best boxers in the world i think that tyson fury knows what who he is in each scenario right i can outbox some guys some guys i got a bully he mm-hmm. knows who he is and that's what i'm saying i don't think aj i don't think aj knew who he was in that fight he thought that he could box he said something about the ego leading up to the to the first fight made me think everyone's saying this guy's a better boxer than me well let me show him that i can box for what <laughs> You, you, you outsize him. You know what I mean? Right. You, you're, you're, you're twice his size. Right. Why do you want to show him that you can outbox him? It's the same logic of Canelo Alvarez choosing to box with Floyd Mayweather. Arguably, like, you know, do we talk about these two phases to, to Floyd. This is money Mayweather. Mm-hmm. The, the The most efficient boxer, the most efficient version of, you know, a boxer that we've seen. Why do you think that you, you can outbox this guy? Deluded. Yeah. So my point is, and we've seen ever since that fight, we've seen Canelo in a much more aggressive nature, but still true to himself, right? Yes. I think that if AJ can evolve in that fashion, we might get a different outcome. But to your point, you always got to look at that toolbox and say, who, who's lacking, who has more? That's the guy that I'm picking.
0: And you know what? If AJ does win, he is the comeback kid. Oh, yeah, After sure. looking been so been bad <laughs> in in the losses, <laughs> and then looking so incredible <laughs> if he were to win this one as well, that would be like truly remarkable if he were to do that. So we wait and see. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Hearn says the paperwork is done, and uh, there are rumors that AJ might move to the zone. Lastly, speaking of Floyd Mayweather, he, along with many other very notable names, were inducted into the Boxing Hall of Fame. Let's start with the women, ladies first. Christy Martin, Leila Ali, Ann Wolfe, famously trained James Kirkland and Holly Holm, to name a few. Uh, on the men's side, Floyd Mayweather Jr. arguably the greatest boxer we've ever seen, Roy Jones Jr., Bernard Hopkins, Andre Ward, Vladimir Klitschko, James Tony, Juan Manuel Marquez, Miguel Cotto, who we talked about previously, Shane Mosley, and others. This was,
1: this was stacked, Pack. stacked, stacked, and stacked.
0: Truly. What do you think?
1: I mean, listen, I think that that room is um, that's what that's what the Devin Haney's, even the Terrence Crawford, who was in the room, said it himself. But that room and the reason why they were, you know, all collected is the reason why Devin, Tank, Shakur, Ryan, you know, uh, even down to the, you know, the Keyshawn Johnsons and, and the Tiger Johnsons. That's why these guys do it because one day they want to be in a room full of their peers and get the ultimate respect. Boxing is a sport like Andre Ward said where you don't get to you don't get to celebrate your wins all that much. Mm-hmm. You know, you 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 take a scalp, you might be able to celebrate that night and in, in the day before, and Monday, if you're if you're really if you're really a man of the craft, you're right back in the gym. You don't have time to celebrate. There is no you know, there is no no world title. There is no parade for these guys when they win a championship. This is the parade. This is the literal parade. When you get inducted and you get recognized and, and you go into the Hall of Fame, the reason why we saw Floyd Mayweather with that emotional um, speech in the tears is because he he said it all the time. He literally gave blood, sweat, and tears to the game. It 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 uh you know drove a, a knife through his family at certain points. He lost his uncle, rekindled the relationship with his father, and I just man like just a beautiful moment for someone who has been uh, so polarizing in the sport to be able to be that vulnerable and say what it meant for him to be recognized by his peers
0: inside of the sport. I don't think I've seen anybody better um, than Floyd Mayweather. And to talk about your, to expound upon your point of commitment, and I know we've talked about this previously as well, and this is just one of my favorite parts about learning the journey of Floyd is how committed he was that when he went to the club, what did he drink? Water. How many times would he train after a fight? regularly all the time there were there were no days off he ate well he did not put anything in his body that he thinks could hurt him he was not a smoker he was not a drinker and i'm not saying that i don't dabble in those things i'm just not i'm just not a boxing hall of famer i never strive right. to be but that is the epitome of what the sport calls for you don't go out and Get fucked and up, and up fuck on a Saturday. You're not out you're at a strip club strip the night club before you have a fight. fight. You're not doing, you're not crazy, doing stuff crazy stuff in the buildups to your fight or even after. Yeah. So seeing the commitment so seeing the there commitment was awesome. Bernard yeah, Hopkins is one of, my favorites, one of my, favorites my favorites that I grew up on. Grew up on. His, longevity His longevity in the sport is something that something we probably that we that won't probably see again because, because of how much we're learning about brain injuries. So to see him do what he did, remarkable. Marquez obviously yes, represented obviously Mexico very, Mexico. very, very well. Shane Mosley, Shane was, Mosley awesome. was awesome. Miguel Cotto was, awesome. was awesome. awesome. One of the more slept on Hall of awesome. Famers, on in my opinion, in is Vladimir is Klitschko. Sweating. Yeah. Because his reign at heavyweight, heavyweight people viewed it in the way that Ryan Garcia viewed Devin Haney's fight against against Cambosa. That it was boring, that it was a boring style, but he was knocking people out. Vitaly was doing the same. They had a heavyweight championship reign for like 12 years. It was over a decade. Yeah, brilliant. Seeing that was really (laughs) remarkable. And obviously Andre Ward is freaking Andre Ward. This is one of the most packed uh hall of fame inductions i think i've ever seen in any sport uh so yeah, congratulations man. to them
1: congratulations to those guys three of my favorite fighters were in this class it's been great to just like listen to the interview see them get you know showered with praise after such after such tough tough careers and uh yeah man to your point one of the most stacked hall of fame classes in any sport arguably Alrighty, that does
0: it for us. Um, we are off next weekend. Your boy's out of town. But uh, the following, we will be back. Britain, pleasure as always.
1: See you guys soon.
0: Hey, it's Rick. We just want to give a special thank you for supporting our show and our vision on the world of boxing. So just don't be like Curtis Harper. All right. Don't show up without contributing. Drop us a follow, subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, tell us how awesome and dazzling handsome we are, and let's build this great community together from the ground up. We love you and appreciate you, and we'll see you next time.